0: When someone asks you how you derive at that value, you must be able to justify. If you can't justify, then you lose credibility. And credibility is quite difficult to build up, but quite easy to lose.
1: This is Life at BP. Conversations with inspiring people with inspiring stories.
0: Conversation about their life at BP and beyond.
1: I'm Pratiba Rekisamy, your host for the Life at BP podcast. And in this episode, I'm chatting with Zhang Yu, a first year trading graduate based in Singapore. Zhang Yu joined BP in 2019 after attaining a double degree in chemical engineering and accounting from the University of Singapore. We talk about some of the reasons and motivations behind her choosing a career in trading, what she has found easy and challenging to adapt to during her first year in the graduate program, and what she has learned about herself in the process. Zhang Yu paints a vivid picture of BP's trading flow during her reflections. And I started off the podcast by asking her to tell me a bit about her current role. Okay, so um, my
0: current role is on fuel oil operations. I just started this role last Monday. Um, What I'm covering is basically really the operational flows for fuel oil within Asia Pacific as well as part of it from um, US, we have arbitrage cargoes as well as part of London's cargoes. I haven't really started scheduling anything but I think most of it is really just to keep the operations smooth and keep costs down for the traders and as well as to look out for any additional potential costs that we may incur with respect to terminals as well as um, storage.
1: And do you sit within the trading floor with the traders? If we were back in the office, yes. I will see with the traders. <laughs> yeah, not, any not, not at the moment.
0: Yeah, exactly. So now we virtually sit together every week on Tuesday and Thursday. We have a twice weekly meeting with the traders just to keep them updated on the cargoes, what some of the stuff that we see, what are some of the stuff that could happen, and just to give them some heads up on some cargoes that are arriving and whether they have any plans for the future trades. Yeah, but otherwise, if we were back in office, yeah, for sure we sit with the traders. One row behind them actually, so we hear them chat, we hear them talk about um deals and stuff. It really helps because then you get to preempt certain actions that they might take. Yeah, and I don't think it's just for operations. Even analytics, I think when you know what the traders kind of look out for, it helps to sit with them to listen and then can beat them to it. And you and you sound smart.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's always it's always a good plan. But I think it's great because you you kind of learn a lot by just watching and absorbing, right? I'd like to start off with your degree because you did a double degree in chemistry and accounting. At face value, they look like two very different fields. What is the reason to actually pursue your degree in both? Actually, I did a double degree in chemical
0: engineering as well as accountancy Mm -hmm. how i came about to this degree is quite strange after i graduated high school i kind of didn't really know what i wanted to do in the future and most of my friends were applying to like medicine which i didn't really have an interest in and as well as like uh law which i also feel like i wouldn't i wouldn't make a great lawyer so i was like okay let me see what else I can explore both my both of my parents are engineers so naturally that was the first thing that I kind of looked out for but then again I didn't want to be fully technical I was quite interested in the commercial aspect of things how we how do we put a price value onto the value that we generate in a refinery or the value that we generate um, in engineering work for a company how do we put a cash amount to it so this is why I decided to pursue another degree I had a choice between business and accounting so if I did business, I probably have specialized in finance, but I chose accounting in the end because I felt that the mechanics behind how you account for your revenue or account for your profit was quite interesting personally to me. Plus, I'm, ultimately I'm quite a technical person. I'm not super good at like um, thinking about consulting stuff or can up brand new business development ideas? So maybe business wasn't really quite my selected track. So I decided to go with the accounting route instead. That's how I ended up with this degree. And strangely enough, we had 12 people at the start of the year who chose this degree. By the end of it, we had, I think, only three of us graduated (laughs) with this degree. (laughs) So most people eventually kind of figure it out in between somewhere that they only wanted one, then they will drop off the other. Yeah, so, yeah, some of my friends ended up doing a finance specialization on top of accounting instead of doing engineering. But for me, I was interested enough in both to keep going with the degree i mean it's it's not easy because it's a five-year route instead of a four year degree right but after a while it kind of all fits together and i think that it really helped me when i had to go for the interview at bp Mm. so strangely enough it all worked out
1: (laughs) yeah yeah so tell me a little bit about your interest in the energy sector and bp did you know bp when you were studying or did you just come across it
0: um BP kind of closed down all their gas stations in Singapore when I was a kid. I vaguely remember seeing BP gas stations when I was much younger. But otherwise, there's really very little physical presence here in Singapore. I think the only time you get to see is maybe when you drive down to Malaysia. And then there's still BP gas stations there. But otherwise, how I came to know of BP is really, firstly, it's from my degree. Because I did chemical engineering, right? So we study all the R majors, which is Shell, BP, and Exxon. Uh, honestly, BP appeared more on the infamous side than the famous side, mainly because <laughs> of Deepwater. But mm-hmm. what I thought was interesting was that how the company kind of restructured after Deepwater.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because, at least from what I understood it to be, it used to be that we had a lot of physical presence mm-hmm. in, in the world. We had a lot of gas stations. And after Deepwater, it was kind of like we tr- we started to shift slightly more towards a power instead of uh, for oil, oil and gas company, I guess we became more of an energy company. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot more midstream trading and there's mm-hmm. a lot more emphasis based off, um supply chain as well as trading in general compared to like just upstream, downstream refining and exploration. So I, that was what really interested me to apply for this job because like I said, I didn't want to be a refinery engineer. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to cash out on my engineering knowledge. Mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. like rather be able to help the company cash out on whatever uh, value that we create in these sectors. Yeah, so that was a, one of the major reasons why I applied. Also on top of that, in Asia Pacific at least, the other two majors such as Exxon and, and Shell, they are very, very proactive in publicity. So they will go to the schools and Shell, Shell's recruitment is everywhere. Mm-hmm. They are like, come join our grad program. This is mm-hmm. These are the people you will meet, how it's like. BP on the other hand was a little more subdued, we were Mm -hmm. a little bit more subtle and I guess it was a bit different to me, I wanted Mm -hmm. to give it a shot. So interestingly enough, out of the three companies I only applied for BP.
1: Oh wow, (laughs) lucky us, that's brilliant and I think it's great right, it's a perfect merger of engineering and commercial so it's a perfect destination for you. And how did you end up in the trading business within BP?
0: So for the program here in Singapore, I was on the internship program. There wasn't a direct front office trading internship per se. For here, most of us, we start off in uh, either analytics internship or uh, finance and risk internship. I actually went for the finance and risk one first because closer to what I studied in accounting, we did a lot of uh, credit risk management stuff and as well as commodity risk management stuff during my schooling days. So that, that was kind of the reason why I directly applied for the research internship, got through the interview and I started the internship in 2018 summer.
1: And that was what so, year were you in your university, on your degree? Uh, I was in my fourth year actually.
0: So for me, it's my penultimate year, but most of the, my peers were already graduating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think what, what, what I got lucky with was that the internship had a graduate conversion portion and they were obviously, your penultimate internship is the most important internship you will do in your schooling career, right? So, glad that I end up in BP. Uh, then, through the Credit Risk internship, we were exposed to various graduate programs. I believe BP has a total of five tracks here in Asia-Pacific, which includes operations, finance and risk, trading development, analytics, as well as IT. So on, on my side, originally I was focused on the finance and risk graduate program. However, after speaking to some of the traders on the desk, I mean you have to give it a shot, right? Like when people talk when, when there's all the traders are there for you to speak to, you have to talk to them. You have to know what they do in their life. You can't just let such a great opportunity pass. So I spoke to them and the traders kind of said that I mean you can it, it is a sexy job per se to trade, right? But it's not, it's not just that. It's more, much more than that what it is, right? So going through the TDP, you can actually learn for yourself whether you feel that you are suitable as a trader or whether it's really just fame or it's just money that is driving you, then you won't really work out that way. But it's fair to give it a shot. Yeah, and when reason. you say
1: TDP, it's the Trader Development Programme. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. so the trading track that we have here. Yeah, so I gave it a shot. I went for the TDP Assessment Centre, which I actually encourage all my future internship buddies to just go for it because the assessment center in itself is a learning point actually Mm -hmm. there is a lot to learn there that the assessment is about one day long you Mm -hmm. get to do some of the simulations that is really only in BP I got through the assessment and the selection phase and then yeah that's how I came back the next year on the TDP program
1: so it's the internship that really sold it for you that this was the right place for you Exactly, yes. And did you do anything specific to really prepare yourself for the selection process, um, to really put yourself in the best place possible to you know, mm. get the role? Going through the internship helped me prepare for the final assessment.
0: So maybe the advantage that going through an internship in BP has that a lot of direct hires may not get is that while you're on the internship, your job scope is flexible enough for you to look for relevant personnel to talk to to garner enough knowledge in order to sit for the test itself as well as to really get to know what the job scope of a trader does. So like I managed to talk to a lot of the traders. I also talked to some of the current TDPs, which when I was on internship, about their experiences during the assessment center and what are some of the things that they think I should really become more familiar with in order to help myself, give myself an edge over during the assessment. And they were all very friendly and they really helped in the in the field that they will say, they will advise you on some of the concepts that you must grasp. This is, you can't cheat, you have to memorize this mm-hmm. uh, and this is really important or like some of the areas that you kind of need to need help with because I was in a middle office internship, right, as compared to the analytics internship which is a front office internship.
1: And can you tell me the difference between the front office and the middle office so some of our listeners will understand what, they actually mean? Right, right, right. So
0: so front office is really the most commercial part of the trading structure. You can break trading down into three portions. So it's front office, middle office, as well as back office. So front office, we are talking about traders. We are talking about front office analysts. We are talking about trading operators, which if you can think about it's people whose action will generate a direct uh, profit and loss impact Mm -hmm. or could generate a direct profit and loss impact. if you're talking about middle office, we are talking about the control functions such as finance at risk, such as treasury, such as op services or operation excellence, all the people who are basically, I guess, keeping the traders in check mm-hmm. <laughs> or like securing our P&L for the company. And mm-hmm. when we are looking at back office, we are really looking at all the admin staff who really helps us with our day-to-day work. We are looking at probably some of the IT services that we provided, some of the infrastructure the lady who helps you in our pantry, Mm -hmm. all these are, well, you can almost consider it as like back office roles. So as as mentioned, I did a finance and risk internship which was mid office. So Mm -hmm. I don't get exposed to some of the really commercial decisions that's being made in the front office that the analytics interns definitely will get exposed to. So when I spoke to some of the traders here, they were like, go ahead and speak to your peers, ask your peers to introduce you to their mentors. You can get all the help there and you need to know what, the business like who are we looking for kind of thing yeah so that really helped and technically wise i believe bp more than prepares you for this assessment because there's so many e-learning modules that you can take and there's so many trainings that's provided yeah so i wouldn't worry too much if you are going through the internship but if you are a direct hire i guess really just reading up on some of the concepts will help and bp don't really test you on anything that they haven't prepped you for Mm -hmm. so even during the direct higher assessment center help from my peers they will explain what even down to what is demand and supply what is this product where does it go Mm -hmm. before you attempt the trading game
1: what was it like to join as a graduate within the trading business because it's very different right to being at university and studying and then you you know it's completely commercial it's fast-paced what was that like for you
0: Yeah, so the first thing that struck me was the responsibilities. You know, in school, it's really, it's about your own self-discipline, right? What you do affects yourself mostly, more than anything. If you decided to sleep in on a rainy day, I guess what suffers is your own grades. Your professors will not chase after you and be like, hey, you're affecting my KPI or anything. But when it comes to work, then it's a whole different ballgame. So on my first week, I was honestly reading my emails like 15 times through before I sent each one out. Yeah, I think that was the thing that you have have to really get used to to be careful with your words, to stand behind your numbers and to provide credibility to your analysis. So I was put on analytics role in my first year at BP for the TDP program. And I think one thing that my line manager then mentioned, which I think I'll carry with me for quite long, is that you have to stand behind your numbers, whatever you put in an email or whatever you put in a presentation across, when someone asks you how you derive at that value, you must be able to justify. If you can't justify, then you lose credibility. And credibility is quite difficult to build up, but quite easy to lose. Yeah, So I think that's the first lesson at work for me. And aside from that, I mean, adulting is hard in general, right? So. <laughs> Uh, we're looking at paying your own bills looking at uh, future planning as well as finances when when you get your first page head what do you spend on and stuff so
1: yeah adulting is hard at whatever age i think <laughs> not just when you start your career i've got i've got a one and a half year old and i and i still find it pretty hard so um but yeah it's, it's great it's a great um learning that you had and did you have any support for example you had you know, a lot of responsibility, right? As soon as you come into the organization, you're new, you're young, and you've not done this before. Um, and did you have people around you that could check your numbers, that would that could give you confidence that these were right, you're thinking in the right way? Did you have that? Yeah, definitely. So the structure in BB is such that your line
0: manager really looks out for your welfare as well as help to groom you as an individual such that you feel better There's a smoother transition between school and to the work culture. I would say that BP won't really throw you off the deep end, but they will definitely make you paddle quite hard. But in the process while you're paddling, there's definitely people there to help you. My line manager for one, as well as the senior analyst on my bench, even the traders on the trading bench itself, they are consistently uh, looking out for you. And whenever you do something that may may be inaccurate or wrong, the first thing is never a blaming game. Nobody really looks for someone to blame first. They are really looking for solutions to help you sort it out. I think on myself, at least for some of the stuff that, some of the emails that I might have sent out might be inaccurate, but then usually most of the times the traders will be like, oh, don't worry, I'll take it from here, or I'll handle it. And some of, even my line manager should be like, oh, don't worry, just um, send, send an amendment and make sure you don't have, it doesn't happen again. So I think the amount of uh, tolerance that people have here is really quite something quite special I feel that they allow you to make mistakes but just try not to do the same mistakes too many times (laughs) so that really helps because when you when you you we learn and we grow right so it helps it helps me grow as an individual and helps me be more confident eventually that I kind of am more able to justify what I said like during my first month, when someone asked me how I derived something, my first, my first impression was that, oh crap, did I do it wrong? Like, was mm. there something wrong? Is that why he's asking me? But most of the time, it's really just that they want to know your thought process. So by the time you are in your third or fourth month, you're able to say, oh, this is how I got it. What do you think? Is that thought process correct? And that really helps. Yeah.
1: Can you tell me a little bit about the trader development program? Because you, probably need to do an exam at some point. Is that right?
0: Right. So the TDP program is a three year long graduate program. They generally hire students fresh out of university, but it guarantees you at the end is that you get a seat for this Assess Traders course, or ATC for short. Okay, so during the three years, you are rotated across different functions, across different benches. So you could be doing crude analytics in year one, oil operations in year two, Maybe chattering in year three, etc., and eventually at the end of your third year, you sit for this assess traders course. So it's a I think historically it's a three day long course that you will be put through various tests and assessment that will help you help the book leaders as well as the CCMs assess your learning scope as a trader whether you have managed to pick up the necessary skill set to trade and whether you have the so-called courage as well as the the risk appetite to be on this uh, trading role. And after this assessment, what happens is that then they go into a discussion and eventually they will let you know of the results, whether they feel that you have passed, you have some areas for development, or whether they don't think that trading is maybe the most ideal route for you, and whether you want to consider any other career options. So if you did pass the ATC, what what happens after that is you get to look for a trading role on a bench. So this year's Year trees, they are currently in this process right now. They are looking for a permanent trading role on one of the benches. And yeah,
1: then you become a junior trader on bench. And you're right in the front office, kind of really yeah. making some important decisions for BP, which is amazing if you think about the amount of responsibility you get just three years into coming into an organization. Let's talk a little bit about the culture. As as somebody who's just been there for a year or a little bit more, it'd be really interesting to find out how would you describe BP's culture within the trading business? I
0: would say that the culture here is really quite warm, actually. Warm, yeah. did you say? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Can you elaborate on that? I, I don't
0: know what what's everyone's impression of a trading bench, but at least... Before I did my internship at BP, I thought a trading bench would be very intense. Like I thought people would be, I thought I would hear like shouting, I would hear like screaming, or I would be hearing like uh, very serious conversations that's happening. But when I came to BP, then I realized, no, the traders here are so nice. <laughs> they are, they are, I mean, obviously you need to pick your timing correctly. Do not disturb them when they are deep in thought. But otherwise, when they are doing, carrying on their day-to-day activities, they are more than happy to include you. But of course, the thing about BP is that they, it has to be a two-way thing, right? So if they show you, they show you some um, knowledge or that you want to pursue, you have to, you have to get back to them. You have to want it. So I think one thing that the book leader here on uh, Singapore will always say is that want to see someone who is hungry enough to want the job because that's part of the trade of being a trader. Right, So I think BP is warm enough in the sense that you don't feel too intimidated to approach the bench. It is quite kind and forgiving in the sense that if you ask um, something that you don't feel it's a smart question, but they will still answer you. And by no means they will judge you. So I'm not sure how the other trading floors are like for other trading houses, but I'm quite surprised that it is like this here in BP.
1: What other words other than warm? uh i think fair, upbeat
0: and positive actually
1: so, fair and positive did you say
0: a bit a bit yeah so we had a tough year right so <laughs> we had a tough year and i believe all trading firms had a tough year but i don't think i've really seen any of the traders really materialize their stress outwards like they are obviously under a lot of pressure but there's a certain amount of encouragement and positivity here that kind of helps um, the traders generate their p and l better i feel that they are always very encouraging even though market may be terrible i mean they might have lost money on a the trade they don't really visibly show it outwards which i think really helps overall benchers' emotions i mean in the area of analytic work your job is kind of facilitate the traders decision making right so when the bench is uh, maybe not generating enough PNL. You are under a lot of pressure as well. Reassurance from the trading bench, the board leaders as well as traders, really help you do your work. Makes you feel there's validation. So then you tend to want to do more. So I think there's a positive cycle that's going on here. Yeah, and I th- I feel that the emotional control here is quite amazing. Yeah.
1: If you were to think about the types of attributes somebody should have to really thrive within a trading environment, within BP, what would they be? Mm,
0: I think the very, very foremost will be that you have to become under pressure. You have to be super calm and you have to not panic and start thinking of not, not jumping to conclusion per se in, un, when you're under pressure. So that's a, that's a trait that I see generally across the board of most of the traders that I interact with. If things go south, they are pressurized, but they don't panic. There's no panic element involved. Okay, things is going south. We are going to lose money on this deal. What do we do now? Is there any way we can optimize something such that it doesn't happen? If freight is the issue, is there any way we can um, do a deviation? So for them, that's the topmost criteria I would say that you have to have. If you panic very easily, then there's a downward spiral for this kind of business, right? So especially when you trade paper, if you panic very easily, it's very easy to lose a lot of money. After your after your so-called knee-jerk reaction, being calm under pressure, that is definitely the first criteria that I would have, I would say.
1: Yeah, the other one that you said uh, was to be hungry, right? Yeah. So hungry is something that
0: my book leader kind of advised us. So he he we had two graduates on bench. Uh, the other guys a year three. So he kind of advised us that. One thing that you need to show here is that you must be hungry enough for more knowledge, hungry enough for more PL. The worst thing you can have on the bench is that you are happy with being stagnant because we always want to generate more money, right, from what we are doing. So yeah, if you don't have that hunger or drive to proceed further or to push yourself out of your comfort box to go somewhere even higher, then It might not be the role for you because then you will find yourself being stagnant while everybody else is proceeding forward. Even non-front office related, even in like graduate roles or learning and development roles, the opportunity for you to ask for more things is always there. So like you can craft your own job scope. When someone tells you you're doing market analytics, they're not telling you that you can only do market analytics. It's just this is your base job scope. Once you get it done, feel free to ask for more, ask for more items, look for other areas of development and stuff. So yeah, I think that's really that's really one plus point to the graduate program as well as the company culture.
1: Great. Let's talk a little bit about the future. You know, you, you joined about a year ago and then since that year, a lot has changed within BP. Yeah. We yeah. have a new CEO and uh, we've got a new purpose we are rewiring our company completely and it's not a long time February till now and a lot has happened has that changed your idea of BP how you feel about BP at all Mm, yeah for sure it definitely has
0: um, remodeled what I feel that the company is when I joined as much as we were an energy company or a power company we were still largely focus on oil and gas, right? So the the trading benches, the biggest bench is crude, and then we have GoFo. They are these are all oil, oil, oil products, right? But the fact that we have a new direction to look towards, I feel that is quite exciting. Yeah, because the job scope or rather the skill set that you look for in future traders in such business will be quite different. So the difference to me is that I kind of need to rethink what are some of the skill sets that I want to acquire to be able to, to trade for the business. But ultimately, I think it's, it's a great step forward. For me, it's really exciting because it forces me to look into other areas of development. So when I first joined the program, I might think that, oh, I want to do physical trading. This is something that I'm interested in because I want to move physical cargoes. I want to fill the molecules. But... Uh, right now with the direction that we are moving, I think it's kind of giving me an opportunity to step back and to look, to think about whether I really want to dismiss paper trading as as an opportunity or as a route. And the answer is honestly, you can't, right? Like in the current direction that we are moving in, quant traders or like paper traders are really going to be the ones that um, BP will look for in the future. So, and not saying that it wouldn't be, It wouldn't be as exciting or as fun to be a paper trader or whatsoever because you you just got presented the opportunity to try. Yeah. So for me, it's definitely more exciting and it really makes me rethink what's my plan for the three years.
1: And looking back on the start of your career at BP a year ago, and are you on your second rotation now, Zanyu? And you've had access to a couple of roles or uh, functions within the trading business. What are the things that you have learned about yourself in the process that you didn't know about yourself before you joined the professional life?
0: Mm, Let's go with the challenging one (laughs) (laughs) first. I think I I found out that I'm actually more shy than I thought I was. So in school, I feel that it's easy to make friends, right? Because a lot of the times that you are not really worried about making a fool of yourself or not sounding... Too smart or perhaps saying the wrong things. But when it comes to work there, I realized that there's a lot of concerns that were holding me back originally. So in the first month I barely dare to speak to my book leader. Because I like it's always on my mind. Don't get me wrong, I keep thinking that I need to talk to him. He's the guy that I will I will get a lot of knowledge from. But I just can't put that foot out to do it. Because you are worried about the person's reactions or you are worried that he wouldn't have time. In fact, it's just really a fear of rejection. So then that's when I realized that maybe I am less brave than I taught myself to be in school. So then that was quite challenging for me. And in fact, I didn't approach him first. He had to come to me. He had to say, that he want to have a catch up? And that was one thing that I think I really need to work on because in the business, there's a lot of emails that you will send to people who has never met you before. These people have have never spoken to you. They have no obligation to be nice to you. Yeah, so then, are you still then willing to put their foot out there to, like, speak to them, ask them for assistance, or, in fact, pitch a business to them? So that is part and parcel of being a trader, right? Is to get fresh deals that is done and stuff. So, uh, yeah, so that's one part that, I honestly, I am still working on, which is why I was quite insistent on getting an ops role for my second year, because the ops role is very commercial. So you are, you're you're going to have to end up sending emails out to people that really honestly have never met you. Yeah, you and you have to do it. and you have to, Sometimes you have to ask them for a favor. And this person has never seen you before. <laughs> <laughs> and how to get them to help you with the thing. So that's something that I'm still working on. So that was the hard part. I think the easy part was that I never knew that I could be so cautious with details <laughs> i'm not a very careful person in school honestly so usually when we do the group work i'm not the one doing the formatting the correcting the numbers no that's not gonna be me there's gonna be some one of my friends who is super detailed but when i came to this role i realized that there's no room for error for some of the stuff that you do especially when i had to cover for my senior who is doing a trade support role there's really not much room that you can make a mistake so I never knew that I could sit down and calm myself and read through stuff so carefully before. But turns out it was easier than what I expected because after a while, it kind of becomes a habit. You check the numbers very, very carefully because you know it can't be wrong. I mean, the first few times, definitely, the traders were like, try not to send it like this, (laughs) the numbers. Before we confirm the numbers, if you send it out, we can't can't retract it. So yeah, that's something that I found it surprisingly easy to adapt to because... I guess it was kind of like almost an excuse to myself last time that oh i'm just not very careful it's just part of my personality but when you realize that you could do it when you want to do it then it makes a lot of difference
1: yeah great great reflections and i think on that note we'll we'll end it i think it's uh it was brilliant to talk to you and i think i learned a lot today about just the trading business in singapore and just the the program so good luck on the exam at the end of your three years and for your next rotation as well so thank you so much thank you yeah thank you great chat thanks a lot